Let me look at you before I say it's good to see you. Hadn't seen you. I've been worshiping. What a wonderful worship team. It's good to be here. Just say it with me. It's good to be here. When you get as old as I am, it's good to be anywhere. It's good to be. Especially good to be here. It's one of our favorite places. I remember right there, not eight or ten feet away, just one of the greatest moments of my life uh, in one of those services. I think it was morning, a morning service on the weekend. And uh, a man, I'd preached on the kingdom. I don't often preach on anything else. And, and this man came and I thought he was coming after me. He's rather big. Is he here today? No. He was big and he looked. I didn't know what he was going to do. And, I, and I'd preached on the kingdom. And I said, what, 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 what do you want? He said, I want it. I said, you got it. <laughs> Down he went. And I, I think it wasn't uh, very long until here came your pastor and said, I want you to be my papa. That was a wonderful time. Beginning of a wonderful friendship. And you know, when, I'm, when we're related to a pastor and family, we're related to the church. So I'm your papa. This is your mama. Your mama. And uh, it's just good to be back. Frida is my third wife. I just love to say that in a religious crowd. <laughs> and everybody looks at one another and says, well, what did he do with the other two? You know. In 2001, the Lord, after 47 and a half years with my first wife, God took her to heaven. And uh, uh, when, when you've had that experience... It's indescribable. And you know, when you weigh an experience, you, you, you weigh it in the antagonism of what you know down deep in your knower and, and what you see with your eyes and love splashes against a wall and she's not there anymore. And yet, in that moment, God filled the room and the glory of God was there. Well, you know, uh, women grieve in loss and men marry. And, uh, I, I grieved. And I, I began to converse with God and I said, um, God, I read in your book where you said it's not good for man to be alone and I'm alone, yes. and uh, I, I didn't start looking. I just said, uh, God, I have too much life to live and too much love to give to live life alone, and so uh, I just lived with a giving God, yes. and uh, in, a, in a little time, I uh, fell in love with a lady, and uh, we married. In our engagement, she uh, 
was found with cancer. I don't, I don't remember now that I think of it that we ever thought of canceling our plans. We married and she traveled with me and we had a wonderful little while and then the Lord took her in 21 months and I was alone again. And I said to the Lord, hey, uh, here we are again. Is, is the, is, is, do you still feel the same way? Is it not good for man to be alone? And I, I remember asking the question. Um, I'm alone. What are you going to do about it? And this is what he said. I'm going to give you the best woman in the world for you. I, I added that because I want you to think, if you're a man, that the woman you're married to is the best woman in the world. If you don't, you're sick. So get over that real quick. And so uh, I uh, had arranged, because of circumstances, uh, to just, just grieve. I didn't have time to grieve. Uh, well, I had time to grieve before my first wife died. And, and uh, I, I just said... Uh, Lord, I, I'm going to grieve for 40 days. I'm just going to grieve. I don't know. All of you have been in grief, and, and people say strange and sometimes stupid things, you know? And uh, don't, don't ever say these things to somebody. Said, well, you know they're in a better place. I wanted to slap them. <laughs> I said, I, I've been preaching this for years, honey. I know where she is. It's where she ain't that bothers me. She ain't with me, you know. And, and the worst thing is, don't cry. I mean, I just, I, I, I not only got a little angry when that happened, but I, I just wanted to say, you just move because I, I'm fixing to cry all over you. It's all right to cry. But you know, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And so one morning, I, I saw this. I, I wish you could hear our story, but a part of it's in, in a book Frida's just finished. And so uh, we'll tell you that story someday. But this is Frida, and Frida... Frida and I have been married uh, 12 years. Soon, soon, 12 years. In a few days, 28. And uh, Frida has written a book. And uh, this is really the, uh, we released it a month ago. And, and this is it. Uh, she grew up in Germany. You, if you've talked to her, you know she's not from South Texas. <laughs> and... Uh, she grew up in Hitler's Germany, and she's a great storyteller and has a great story to tell. So this is the book we just released last month, entitled From Hitler's Germany to the Cross of Christ and Beyond. And it's a marvelous book. And uh, I'm going to brag about it and then embarrassingly tell you that we're almost out of them. I think maybe there are less than a dozen left, but uh, they'll be available. Frida, what moved you to write the book and tell us just a, a bit about it? 
Good morning. You know, in, uh, in the Bible, God tells the children of Israel to continue to tell the story. I think we have forgotten to continue to tell the story to our children. And that's, that's why our country is in a mess like it is. I don't know whether some of you watch on TV. We, I don't watch it. We don't watch it that often. Um, but sometimes when you turn it on and something, somebody is right on there, um, and mostly it's on Fox News, um, but there is Water's World. Any of you familiar with Water's World? Now, he's so cute. He's so funny. Um, but when he asks questions, for example, you know, um, do you know who Moses was? What do you know about Moses? I don't know. I mean, they come up with all kinds of no idea. The, the young people, most young people today don't know anything about the Bible. We have forgotten to tell the story. And I think it's time that we, even some of us may not even know much about it, but it's time that we tell the story. I grew up with my father being part of Hitler's Waffen-SS. So he was basically, um, his, Hitler's philosophy was ingrained into my father. And um, my father didn't want me either. Because he had a boy, he had a girl, and I, here I came along then. He wanted another boy. So um, I never heard him say, I love you. All my life. Not even when I, one day I did get a notice from my mama after I was here in the States um, that my dad has, they buried my dad. And she said, but don't come because they found him. He had taken his own life. Now I grieved. I never was in love with my father. It's sad to say. Because I never, I did not receive the love, so I did not know how to give that love either in return. But I wept because now my hope was shattered. I would never hear my father tell me, I love you. I always hoped that someday I will hear him say, Frida, I love you. So that, that's why I grieved. And that's sad. But you know, we have a wonderful God. He is an awesome God. And I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. I mean, there's so much in here what God has brought us through. And it's really God's testimony in this book. Okay, it's what God did in my life. So I want to give him the glory through this book. Um, but if there is anybody in here fatherless, just out of curiosity, is there anyone in this house fatherless no yes okay father passed away or uh, never really felt that you can communicate with your father or that you you felt close to your father that you had a relationship with your father that's why I was thank you that's why I was until one day 
God in his grace and mercy. You know, all of our life, I was brought up Catholic, and it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We say that prayer continuously. But I didn't want to have anything to do with the Father. Because I associated him with my earthly father. Very rigid, you know. Always, I'm in trouble. I could never do anything right. And so I didn't want to have anything to do with God. Until one day, God ambushed me. He showed himself as my father. That was the happiest day in my life. And I have a father now that is without blemish, that knows me inside out, and that loves me in spite of it. And he is crazy about me. And I am crazy about him. And he stays with me, he walks with me, he talks with me. And I can do no wrong in his eyes. Because that's love. When we love, you know, I have a little two and a half year old granddaughter. And she's a mess. I saw a video. She's not close to me, but in that video. But she can do no wrong in my eyes. You know? And so we got to spoil her a little bit. And that's what our father wants to do. My father wants to spoil me. And in return, I want to spoil him. That's why I want to spoil him with everything I have. Everything possible. And what can I spoil him with mostly? My life. I give him my all. Every morning. Lord, I'm yours. Father, I thank you that you revealed yourself to me. And I can rejoice again, and I can be happy, and I can share that love in Jesus' name. Amen. Buy the book. It's a good one. And it shows the Father's love through this book. If you have ever walked, one more question I need to ask you, and I hope you don't mind. Is anyone in this house that has loved has lost a loved one, a friend, or a friend's friend, knows about a friend's friend, that, has, that have committed suicide. Wow. Wow. Well, not only did my father take his own life, I also had a 19-year-old son who took his own life. There is much grief. And it takes time. But it's, that's an open wound. And open wounds need time for healing. Yeah. So, I mean, so often people want to put just a band-aid on it. Okay? Because neighbors or people will tell you, you ought to be over it by now. Well, that's only putting a band-aid on it. But deep, deep down there is still that hurt and that grief and that loss. And only God can bring healing. As he said, weeping will endure for a night. 
Well, I grieved many years over the loss. That's all right. But I am healed today. I am healed today because he is my healer. And he is our healer. And he wants us to walk in healing and in wholeness. And not to put on just a smile for other people because we know they think I ought to be over it. So we thank our Father in heaven who is our healer. We come running to him and he heals all our hurts. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Wow. I like you. I'm going to keep you. I, I strangely don't feel like preaching a sermon. You mind if we just kind of have a family meeting? Let's talk. Uh, how much time do you th spend thinking about yourself? Have you ever counted the mirrors in your house? I counted the mirrors in my house. I, I don't know. Uh, I've, I've acquired mirrors, large mirrors, and uh, just all kinds of mirrors. I'm going to confess to you something. I, I spend a lot of time conscious of myself. Do you spend a good deal of time thinking about yourself? Well, if you try not to, you're frustrated because it's inevitable. You're stuck with you. I mean, I, I confess to you that when I'm in a group picture and, and the first one I look at in the group picture is moi. <laughs> if it's good of me, I'd say, what a wonderful picture. I may be the only one. <laughs> Have you ever traced your feelings and found out where they were leading you? Do you ever get angry? Why do you chase that little trail of anger? And after a while, it comes right back here. Mm -hmm. And many of you are waiting on somebody else to get right for you to get happy. Right? Let me help you. Let me help you a lot. This is going to help you a good deal. Do, do just like that. Like this. Come on. Come on. Yeah, like, like this. Like you're, holding a, like you're holding something between your hands. All right, bring them up here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have just found the source of all your problems. Between your fingers and your thumbs are the conglomerate of every problem you have. And you thought you had to wait for the whole world to get right before you got happy. And, and we're going to deal with that today. 
Let yourself go. Be conscious. You're going to be conscious of yourself. You were made to be conscious of you. Well, I'm not supposed to love myself. Who said? Amen. Who said? Well, I mean, you're supposed to love God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength, and you're supposed to love your neighbor. Hold it. There are two more words. Three more words as, no, two words, as yourself. Until you love yourself as you were made to love yourself, you will never love anybody to the measure that God expects and you need. Amen? So, I, I don't know how I'm going to connect this. I, I really, I, I kind of working through it myself. Um. Let's leave you a minute. I know you're not going to like that, but let's just leave you alone for just a minute. And uh, let, let's let's go to uh, let's go to our Maker. Let's go to God. And and let's ask Him some things. I, I love to ask God questions. And start asking questions. You'll get some answers. And I I said God. Would you mind telling me what you do for a living? <laughs> I love to ask people that. I love to ask children, what do you do for a living? Everybody does something for a living. That's a good question to ask God. You know what his answer was? Two words. I rule. Huh? All the time, everywhere, always have, always will. Now, I suppose we need to sort of relate that to what we've just looked at before we got there ourselves. All of the problems of humanity are rooted in the failure to recognize a final authority. To the measure that you find your final authority of thinking, opinions, and all else in you will be the measure of problems that will be greater than you were made to bear. And now, we don't deal with ourselves by asceticism or causing ourselves pain, or standing, uh, walking across hot coals, or laying down on a bed of spikes. That's the wrong way to deal with yourself. We deal with ourselves by dealing with the one person in the world that we have to get acquainted with, get related to, and become knowledgeable of how he thinks. Let me, let me acquaint you with a word. I, I don't know where I'm going. Uh, I said, I just feel like talking. So you're stuck with me. I want to acquaint you with epistemology. Say it with me, epistemology. Epistemology is the study of how we think in order to know. You are a study in epistemology. Have you ever just looked at your thinking? 
If you will become conscious of your thinking, just do epistemological study. Uh, you don't have to use that word, just how we think. How we think. How many of you think? Okay, you think. Okay. How many of you check your thinking from time to time? Yeah, well look, the best way to learn to think right is to learn to check yourself when what you're thinking causes you problems that you didn't ask for until you thought that thought. Okay? And so, I, I suppose in the last six months to a year, I, I've been studying more my thinking processes and weighing them with him. God doesn't think. He just knows. You ask him, God, what are you thinking? I'm not thinking. I'm knowing. Well, I think I'd be interested in getting acquainted with you because all I do is think, and most of it is thinking towards something I don't understand, and when I get there, I'm really more mystified. Is this making any sense? I've never said it before. I just seems like the thing to say. But I want to, I want to check my thinking and your thinking and come to a conclusion today, and, and if you have argument with it, then we're going to have a little talk together with Jesus, because I'm going to come to one conclusion out of this book. Did you know it's not likely that in any nation of the, of the world, God on the ticket would win in that election? God much less his son Jesus because we've depended on man's thinking more than we have on the standard of truth. We're a nation that has been moving for years away from absolute truth to relativism. I was listening to Ravi Zacharias some time ago. I listened to him about every day on the treadmill. And, and uh, he said, this, this young man, he, he go, he's an apologist. And uh, he goes around talking about how we ought to think. In fact, his whole ministry is built around uh, how we think. And uh, let my people think is his motto. And I want to tell you, if all of a sudden every person in this room thought like thought can be thought, there would be a transformation so vast that soon the newspapers would be coming to this church finding out what in heaven's name was going on. So I, 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 want, to, I want to kind of hedge you in and, and get you on a on a a road, you're on that road already, but I, I, I want to talk about going down that road. So are we agreed that all of us think? And a lot of our thinking is problematic. We judge things by what we see. Not aware that that's not reality at all. You say, now wait a minute, wait a minute. You're standing there, you're real. No, I'm, I'm not real, and I'll tell you why. I'm not permanent. What you see now is not what you're going to see in five 
100 years. He said, what are you going to look like? I don't know. Not like this. So if I'm going to tie my thinking to the proper, I must find out what reality is. Now, now think with me. Some of you are looking at me mysteriously. What is reality? And, and, and so he poses all kinds of questions as he presents. And, and a young man stood up asking a question. He said, I'm not even sure that I exist. Can you tell me whether I exist or not? And he said, well, let, let me think a minute. Uh, you're asking the question, shall I, shall I ask you who's posing the question? <laughs> well, I am. You answered the question. You am. Now, a, a lot of people, they are, but they don't want to be. They're, they're embarrassed about who they are. They're looking at somebody else and they want to be somebody else. But I want to settle with you that you're the best person in the world to live with you. In fact, you couldn't stand anybody else and nobody else could stand you. At your worst. Okay. So we, are we agreed with all of us think? Every problem, every issue, every anger, every feeling, every concern and worry, every frustration is bound up in a root of thought that when discovered can be cured on the spot. The scripture thoughtfully says, as a man thinks in his heart, so not necessarily his mind, you think in your heart, you didn't fall in love in your mind. If you did, you're in big trouble, I'll tell you that. So let's discover you. You mad at anybody? Frustrated with anybody? Frustrated about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Katie wants a cat. Dad doesn't want a cat. Family problem. Want something you don't have? Okay, listen. First of all, to the measure that our minds are on God as the standard of proper thinking is the measure of our peace. Our proper ambitions, our feelings about others, and every other thing that is noble and right and proper. So I'm excited to tell you that there is a path of thinking that will bring you to utter peace and the frustrations and, and crashed dreams and memories that are haunting will fall away. And you will have a happy mind and be at peace with yourself. 
and be excited about life. And I'll tell you where the last few months and years have brought me. I, I, I'm old. I'm, I'm so old. Old people call me old. I, <laughs> I, I finished school. I finished high school at 15 and college at 19. And I, I've been a lot of places and, and gone there fast and have, uh, in my third million, uh, soon will finish my second million miles traveling by flight. And I, I've been a lot of places but I've come to a peace about who I am as never before. And I, pride was, was not my problem. Self-condemnation was my problem, which is a form of reverse pride. Because self-condemnation's problem is centering on self. And so I learned if I was going to think right, I had to have a standard of thinking. And I learned that when I got saved, I immediately was entered into by the Holy Spirit who represented both the Father and the Son. And the Father and the Son, though now living in heaven, one seated at the right hand, one seated on the throne, and they're, they're really there, wherever that is. It may be closer than you think. But the one who so represents them that you can say, he, they, the Father, the Son, are as much in me as they are there. Wow. I like this. I've, I've never said this stuff before. I'm impressed. I think I've talked myself happy. I've heard God say, I want you to think toward me. If you look at anything or anyone else and judge that without looking at me, you'll make a misjudgment and make yourself miserable in no time at all. Are you hearing me? You say, wait a minute, you haven't even preached a text. Oh, I've preached all around it, all, all over it. I mean, they're all over the place. This place is filled with God. In Him you move and live and have your being. If you'll get your mind where your, where your body is, in Him, and accept Him who lives in you closer than your own self, and begin to think toward him, and then think with him, and then line your mind up with his until his mind is yours, until you find union with God, until when you talk, he talks, and when you think, he thinks. And the next thing you know, you're thinking with God. Wow. And you know what happened? You know what happened in the last couple of years? or the last year and a half in this election, I found myself thinking terribly. <laughs> Look at me, and you did too. I got so mad watching Fox News. 
then tuning in to CNN and CNBC and CBS. And, and folks, I had to repent. I found myself thinking with somebody else who wasn't thinking like God. If that was not the problem, I found somebody that was thinking wrong made me want to kill them. <laughs> Might as well be honest. It's maybe good for the soul confession, but it's bad for the reputation. <laughs> so I, I had to repent. And I, I still every once in a while revisit that. And I, so I, I'm going to tell you what I think. And I think, I think right. And I'm going to be real careful. Uh, not, not to offend you, not that I care all that much. Uh, I had a prophecy over me a couple of weeks ago, and I, whatever else he said was, was good and correct and right. And he said, God told me to tell you that you had reached a time in life when you're old enough to say anything you want to say and get by with it. So I, I don't worry that much about offending people. That's your problem. I so I am more apt to tell you the truth if I don't care what you think about what I say or that you know I don't care. So I, I want to get down where you live. Hey, look at me. I know you have some stinking thinking. It stinks. And God wants to straighten it out. Yes. Yes. Amen. Wow. So the scripture says, you have the mind of Christ. Amen. Say it with me. I have. You what? Say that again. Where is it? Often held prisoner there, locked away in a cell to visit every once in a while when you go to the jail. Oh, by the way, uh, what do you think about this? Nothing like you do. Okay, before we go any further, we might as well get honest. How many of you in the last year thought, I don't like him. I don't like her. God, I think you'd be wise to kill her. Kill him. <laughs> and by the way, I, I'm a Republican and I don't like Democrats. Or I'm a Democrat. I don't like Republicans. And, and you've spoken words out of feelings. So, you could listen better for the next hour. Excuse me, I'm not going to preach that long. Some of you have already left me. But I'm going to mystify you until just at the last. and Then we'll do something really wonderful. In the meanwhile, I want to disturb you. So how many of you have sinned 
with your mouth or with your mind. Anger, frustration, hopelessness, bad news, worry, concern, sometime intense anger. How many of you have done that and you're not sure that you fully confessed it? Would you raise your hand? Okay. Congratulations to the rest of you. You're either telling the truth or you're lying one or the other. So that'll be stacked to the end of the next time you're invited to confess. So, okay. Did, did you know that uh, when you got saved, you got forgiven of every sin you had ever sinned? Did you also know that you got forgiven for every sin you would ever sin? And did you know you got forgiven for the sin you've committed in the last few seconds by saying, I don't think I like him? <laughs> or any feeling like that. But though your sin is forgiven, you're not free from it as a phantom in you until you say, Lord, I blew it. My thinking sucks. You ready to do that? Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I confess. Huh. You let forgiveness up to date in you, and now you're forgiven. Now listen like a forgiving person, and don't sin the next thing I say, but I don't like that. We've got to start over. Hey. This church has been through a lot the last year. A lot of it has to do with human behavior. And... Uh, all of us get involved in things. And when we let somebody else's uh, wrong actions uh, affect us and cause a little bit of um, hate, uh, hurt, uh, we, we join in the fray. And uh, we forget that God allows things to happen in our lives, none of which are beyond the pale of taking and making you richer because of them. All things work together for them that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. I've worried a lot through my life about things, most of which never happened, and some did, and they turned out to be good in the end. There is not anything that has happened to you that deserves to be worried about because God handled it, and when you handle it with his thinking, you're forgiven and better, and God has stripped it of all the damage that it can do if we think about it wrongly and purified it and makes it a part of your life to make you a better person. And until you say, God... That was the worst thing I've ever been through, but I want to praise you for it. Amen. And then you're up to date. And God brings you to the best place you've ever been. You don't have to live in regret. God, thank you. I, I, I don't cherish the thought of holding my wife in her hand, in my hand, and her face in my hands, and watching her breathe the last three breaths, short breaths, and she's gone. 
But God showed up. Pow! God in that room. And I was empowered. I was overwhelmed. Especially when I said, thank you. You're in your heavens. You've done as you've pleased. I don't agree with it. But then I can't see like you see. I don't love me like you love me. Thank you very much. Understand? Comprende? You're, you're coming along. Some of you are still dragging your feet, but you're, you're coming along thoughtfully. Pulling you into a room. And uh, that's, that's been... I, I have... Uh, my, my health situation is broken. It, it ruined a, a whole life insurance company. They went broke. <laughs> a, a quarter of a million dollars. Whoa. I'm carrying enough equipment that if it sold for what it cost somebody, I'd be a rich man. $100,000, $105,000 for this thing right here, which is a substitute for one that costs $95,000. The Chevrolet, this is a Cadillac. It's a, it's a pacer and a defibrillator. I couldn't tell a fib for my life. I've got a defibrillator. And... Uh, I want to tell you just quickly where this has brought me. I, I look at myself in the mirror every day. It's inevitable. I'm, there's a mirror on the stair. I walk up the stairs, there's a big mirror there. Walk up the stairs, there's a mirror in my bathroom. There's a mirror here and a mirror there, a mirror there, a mirror all over the house. Mirrors. And... Uh, I said, you're excited, aren't you? I said, yeah. And I went back to a story my favorite kingdom author told. He was sitting writing a book, and he caught his visage in a mirror in the next room. And uh, he said to himself, Stanley Jones, you're a happy man, aren't you? And he answered himself. Now, you can do that when you get old. You know you're getting old when you talk to yourself. You know you're older when you answer yourself. You know you've reached the apex when you start an argument with yourself. That's when it gets fun. But he said, well, that I am, sir. I am a happy man. And his other self said, well... Pray tell, what makes you such a happy man? Well, come to think of it, I'll tell you. I was walking across a field, and I tripped over something, and I reached down and took it, and I found the treasure in the field, and it's made me the happiest man I've ever been, and I've never gotten over it. Which leads me to tell you, you may be looking at the most excited old man you've ever met. 
Oh, yeah, I cry a lot. I cry when I'm excited. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I have memories. I love crying. I just love to cry. And then it gets inevitable, and whether you love it or not, you might as well love it because you do it. And uh, I want to tell you why I'm excited. About 20 years ago, I'd been saved 50 years. Been saved 73 years. Been preaching 69. And uh, I'd been studying life and theology and God and things and people and I've always had an enormous, ravenous appetite for learning. My, my most exciting thing is just sitting down and learning Godward. We're studying something we'll never fathom, we'll never understand totally. There'll always be the mysterious about God. And I'm so enthralled with thinking of him, toward him, in him, from him, and with him, that I can't get over it. I, I can't. Give me a, yeah. It's going to get worse. And not, not all of these are tear tears. They're, I, I don't, I just wet from my eyes. It's, I don't know whether I'm weeping or whether I'm just taking a pee-pee through my eyes. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, they're there. And uh, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'll, I'll be through in 10 or 12 minutes. There is one passage of Scripture that I want to share with you that as far as I'm concerned is the answer to everything. I can guarantee you that if you'll buy it, if you'll buy into it, uh, it'll change your life. It's not that everything will straighten out and there'll nothing questionable happen to you or you won't have some rough places in life or you won't have some times of stress and doubt. But it'll take no longer for you to get over it than it will take for you to get back to the one thing that I'm going to tell you. And here it is. In the Sermon on the Mount, which is a great, great document. Because it's heaven's thinking in man's level of understanding. And the bottom line to the whole thing, uh, there you've, you've seen... Uh, this is the way you're to pray. You pray. Why would you want to think which is praying to your own mind when you can pray to his mind that is in you? 
It's just the difference in who you're talking to. Why would you want to trust in this little, maybe a couple of pounds, I don't know how much it weighs. I, but a lot goes on there. When somewhere God slipped into your brain a chip that contained all that he knows, all that his son knows, all that can be known, and he slipped it into your mind, into your thought processes. And... Uh, Our Father, our Father, in heaven, that's the throne room, wherever that is, your name be hallowed, you're it, you're the sunum bonum, sounds good, I'm not a foggy notion of what it means, but it means that there ain't nothing higher than you. There's nobody greater than you. You're it. You said I am. And when you said I am, you said it all. I'm not was. I'm not will be. I am. I always was I am. I never wasn't I am. I always will be I am. And if you want to live, you get in my I amness and think like me and allow me to think like you and you co-labor with me. And let me tell you, when that starts, then I'll be done. You've been fun. Jesus said, uh, the heathen worry about essentially three things. Where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, and what you're going to eat. Big deal. Why are you working? Well, you get a salary to do what? Well, to buy clothes to clothe me in. Buy food, keep me alive. Buy a house, put a roof under over my head. Good. How long are you going to do that? Well, all my life. The rest of your life, you work, you deposit your energy, you yield from it to, yields to you enough to buy clothes to clothe your body in house to cover your head and food to feed your body. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> but this is how I want you to live. You ready for this? That's going to get you in deep trouble. Because it's all right to act like a dunce when you don't know any better. But after duncism gets informed and still acts duncey, it's not just duncey anymore, it's plain stupidity. And God forgives sin, but stupid is forever. Oh, 
This is what the heathen, this is what the Gentiles seek. But I'm going to tell you something. I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. I'm going to work from that passage from the end back here. All these things, what are they? All, all these things. Bring up something. That's it. That's one of them. Can't pay my bills. That's one of them. Can't afford clothes. That's another one. Don't, don't like my neighbor. Can't get healed. Don't. I can't get this. I'm not like somebody else. I, I, I need more money. I need more stuff. All these things. There is nothing you can think of. No possibility of thinking of something that is not included in all these things. Now what do we do about all these things? God says if you will take care of my things, I will take care of your things, and my thing is my rule. My rule. My rule. Let me rule you. I came into you not to associate myself with you, not to be your assistant, not to be your nurse when you felt bad, not to be your doctor when you had an incurable disease. I came in you to rule you and to give you myself and my will and my plan forever, free of charge, My rule. Okay. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The payoff? All these things added to you. Seek to the measure that you are not seeking the kingdom is the measure of hypersensitivity that causes you to self-defend and condemn others or a sense of inability or insufficiency that makes you conscious of self with all its problems. All fade away in his blessed, wonderful, loving rule. <sighs> Let me help you in, in five minutes, and it's 12.27. So at 12.32, I'll quit. Or three. You're seeking something. 
the results of your life are all traceable to what you're seeking. The worst thing in your life is to seek for something and find it to discover it doesn't answer your need. And you're going to be able to seek first only when you see what you're to seek for. The first three letters of seek are C. So I want you to see. And I'm going to teach you in three seconds how to see. Are you ready? One, two, three. Look. You don't have a seeing problem, you have a looking problem. You're looking at the wrong thing. If you look at the right thing, what is the elephant in the room? God rules. God rules. Did you get it? That's the elephant in the room. God rules. Deal with it. Well, I don't like it. Get over it. Or get under it. I mean, you have a choice. Seek first by seeing. Okay, teach me how to see the kingdom of God. Look. Look for it. You say, look for it. But how do I know it when I see it? Okay. If you are conditioned to seek the kingdom which is seeking the king, everything that happens is allowed by that king. You haven't seen the proper nature of it until you weigh it in the mind of the one who allowed it to happen, and you will see tomorrow or today a dozen kingdom sightings if you will look. Look. Wow, I... I don't have an explanation of that. That was real bad or real good. God, you allowed it and you're ruling. What about it? You just saw a kingdom sighting. You say, well, I kind of like that. It was, wrong. it was bad and I processed it and you allowed it to happen and it made me better. I said yes to you about it. Or I saw something real good and I can't explain it. It was what I would call yesterday a coincidence. But now I call it a kingdom sighting. I saw it. Understand? It's how you look. Seek first. You will automatically seek what you see. Your Seeking will follow what you are allowing yourself to see. I see God. I see God. God is training me to wake up and see him. See him. Say, wow. And let me help you, and I'll just start you on the way in another minute. I see. I seek. And I seize, and at once, either before or during or 
at the same time as <coughs> I am seized by the king. I may run off for a minute and get on a pity, pity party 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 and, and but I'll come back and say, okay, God, all things work together. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. A kingdom sighting. This afternoon, every one of you will have a dozen opportunities to judge something that happens. You may go, you may have a flat tire. I don't, I don't want to talk you into trouble. You, you're going to say, oh, bad. No, wait a minute. All things work together. Oh, yeah, okay. Kingdom sighting. You seek, you see, you seek, and you seize and find yourself seized Amen. by the kingdom. The worst thing that could happen to a man is to look into the face of death of the one closest to him. No. God was there. And the measure of his thereness is as great as the measure of the tragedy of the moment. And you can never outbig God. You can't have anything big and ugly that's greater than God's sweet loveliness. Never. Seek first the kingdom, the rule of God and his righteousness which is the epitome of proper thought and perfect behavior. Seek it. And you know what? You'll find it. Promise. Just accept it. Increment by increment. I'll take it. Comprende? I want everybody prayed for this morning. We're going to do it in about 30 seconds. Everybody gets prayed for. I could not live around Katie if I didn't do this. <laughs> every day, probably every 30 minutes we've been here. You're going to pray for us all, right? You're going to pray for us tonight. Yep. So I want the people on the front row to stand up. All across. I bless you. I bless you with proper thinking. I bless you with a Godward look. You can't find anything wrong with him. Just tell him who he is. He's not ill at ease about it. But tell him what he is. You're God. Whatever that word means, it means there ain't nobody above you. You're all there is of reality. You're the summation of everything good and noble and right and holy. And I know you through Jesus. And I'm blessed by you and I look toward you and I give you God. 
I give you God. All across here, I give you God. I give you God's mind. You have it. Celebrate it. You have it. It's yours. You have the capacity in every situation to reason something through. This is what I pray for you. And when you turn to pray for somebody else until we've prayed to the back, here it is. He will give you, he will give you accelerated understanding. And you won't look at somebody and say, I've got to figure this out, but this makes me so mad. You're going to say, ah, I'm going to figure this out. God, what are you thinking? Oh, good. Okay. It's done. Accelerated understanding. I give that to you right now. You. I don't care what your situation is. You may have lost your health. You may have had the greatest disappointment. You may be in a, in a situation where there's nothing right. Everything seems to be wrong. That's good. You've got more things to celebrate because you never have to settle with looking at something that is terrible without replacing it with God's beautiful thing that caused that to come into your life to cause you to be conscious. I give you that right now. I give you that right now. You have the mind of Christ. I give you his mind. I give you proper thinking. I give you the ability, the ability to reason with God not reason. Reason is not striving. Reason is accepting God's opinion as right. God is never wrong. Say, God, what are you thinking about this? Okay, that settles it. I give you that right now. Receive it. Just reach out and receive it. I give you his mind. I give you his thought patterns. I give you his view of eternity. I give you his opinion on everything. God knows everything about everything. You don't know everything about anything. So receive it. Celebrate. Say thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now turn around and whoever's behind you, touch them. Touch a hand, touch a head, touch a shoulder and say, I give you God. I give you God's mind. I give you God's heart. I give you. I give you. It would help the second row to stand up. You can be reached easier. The second row, just stand up. The second row. The second row. Third row next, okay? Right now in Jesus' name. We've got somebody over here in the corner. Somebody needs to get over there and pray for them. Just turn around and pray right now. Yeah, I give you God's mind. I give you, I give you a seeking heart. I give you a looking heart. If you will look, you will see, and you'll find his mind. Everybody on the second row prayed for? You stand up. Would you turn around and pray for those behind you, please? Right now, third row, stand up, stand up, stand up. Okay. Now, get prayed for, receive it, receive it, receive it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The transfer of thinking is taking place, folks, right now. There is a wave. Like I, we, we live on the Atlantic Ocean and those great waves come in. There's a wave sweeping in this, in this place. The thinking of God is moving in this place. Okay? Yeah, that's right. Give it, I give it to you right now. I give it to you. Fourth row, stand up. Stand up when you've gotten prayed for and stand, stand up and turn around and pray for others quickly. You don't have to pray a whole lot. Just touch them. You don't have to counsel them. Okay, now you've been prayed for. Stand. Be fair to those behind you. Pass it on. Fourth row. Stand up. Third row. Turn around. Minister to the fourth row. Fourth row. Stand up. Receive it. Receive it right now. Receive it. The, the waves continue one after another. God's thinking is coming into this world again. I vote on God. I vote on God's uh, 
plan, God's protocol, God's way of thinking into this world's way of thinking. All the way to the back. Come on now. Not, not counsel. Fourth row, stand up. Fifth row, stand up. Turn around. Pray for those behind you. They need prayer as well right now in Jesus' name. The way we think, the way we think. I give you proper thinking. I give you the mind of God. I give you how God has everything figured out. Everybody gets touched. Everybody, everybody. Would you let it happen? Would you receive Christ? Would you receive Christ as your Savior? Would you receive God as your Father? Would you take Him? Hallelujah. 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 Okay, don't, don't, don't leave. Just, just wait another minute. And we're going to sing a song and then give you to each other. Don't leave if you've got somebody you want to be specifically prayed for. We're here. Okay. All right. Everybody prayed for? All right. Look this way, please. Look this way. Hey, I'm here. Hoop, hey, me. Look here. Look here. Okay. Okay. There we go. Come on. Look here. Look here. Okay. I feel good. I feel good. Just to know I've been redeemed makes me feel good. I feel good. I feel good. Just to know I've been redeemed makes me feel good. Do that with me. I feel good. I feel good. Just to know I've been redeemed makes me feel good. I feel good. I feel good. Just to know I've been redeemed makes me feel... All right, there are a dozen of you thinking, I don't feel good. Sing it till you do. You look good. You look good. Just to know you've been redeemed makes you look good. You look good. You look good. Just to know you've been redeemed makes you look good. All right? If you're not redeemed, get redeemed, and then you look redeemed. You look good. Learn to think with God. Learn to let him who has it all figured out and doesn't have to think give you his mind in every realm of your thinking. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Papa. You're all invited to lunch back in the third building back, and we'll see you back here at 6 o'clock for some worship and more wisdom. Thank you. God bless.